www.hello.com forward slash welcome to the show. My name is Josh and you're listening to Now We're Talking. Um, I hope you're all doing well, but ultimately it doesn't affect me if you are or not. Later on in the show, we'll have world-renowned painter Stuart Glasby in the studio to discuss his work. But my first guest is a wildlife expert and conservationist all the way from the land down under. Dingo Faulkner is here. Dingo, welcome to the studio. Hello, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Wonderful to have you here, and I I appreciate you taking the long trip. It's great to be here in the studio with you, Josh. It's a lovely studio we've got here. It smells like candles. Oh, thank you very much. uh, I've got, like, one quick correction for you. The last name, my last name is pronounced uh, Fucker. The ill is silent. Oh, sorry, run run that by me one more time. It's Fucker. The last (laughs) name is Fucker. Oh wow, um, that's an interesting pronunciation. Well, it's uh, it's Australian. It's is its sure. origin. Yeah, we've got a long, proud history of um, fucking. So, <laughs> so does it? Come, so, like many names, come I suppose from a place where Fisher would be someone who was a fisherman in the past. Do you think you, your descendants gained that name from their uh, their fucking? No, I do not. I just think that uh, there's a particular linguistic sensibility of my part of the world that you may not understand as sort of the colonial mister. We, we, we tend to drop the L's, and if you can't understand that, well, it makes you kind of racist. <laughs> I don't think... Okay, let's not go down that avenue. Uh, yeah, go. let's move on. Let's move on. Dingo, it's wonderful to have you here. Oh, it's great to be here, Joe. Do you travel the world a lot? I imagine in your business, you get to see all kinds of different places. I've seen, I would say, 90% of the world, uh, other than sort of the shadow zones that are closed off from people. Of... What, what's a shadow zone? If you have to ask about it, uh, I don't really feel comfortable sharing it with you. But suffice it to say that, yes, I've seen a large part of the world. I've been to all sorts of wonderful places with uh, animals of all types. Dingo, listen, you and me are buddies. Tell me about the shadow zones. Give me a please, little bit of shadow please, zone. Josh, please, Josh, please. Don't, don't, please don't press me on this matter. Just a little bit of shadow zone. That's all I'm okay. asking for. One okay. shadow zone. Let me put it to you this way. Have you ever seen a rhinoceros? Yes. Let me ask you this. Have you ever seen a rhinoceros backwards? Have you ever seen a rhinoceros backwards? Yes, backwards rhinoceros. Sort of like the head is where the, the ass is supposed to be, and the ass is where the head is supposed to be. It's like completely flipped around. It's like the shadow zone. Rhinoc- it, it applies to all the animals, if you're thinking about it. Like, Okay, let me ask you. So, if you ever looked in your rearview mirror in your car and seen a rhinoceros... With rhinoceros- a head for an ass. <laughs> What's the shadow zone, Dingo? I mean, I felt like it was implied that it was a location before now. (laughs) It's sort of a frame of mind. Okay. And appreciate it. Steer clear of. If you not laugh at my culture. Oh, absolutely not. I I just it's it's something for lack of a better term foreign to me. So it's it's metaphysical, and I don't blame you if you don't understand it. But I can't help you, also. Does it stretch beyond animals? Heads and bums being switched around? Mostly no. <laughs> it's mostly just that. Yeah, it's like, it's pretty confusing, but in, in its yeah. essence, like, ultimately pretty simple. <laughs> okay, let's move on from the shadow zone. So you're a wildlife expert. Uh, a wildlife expert, a conservationist, a, an environmentalist, uh, a, a rights activist. So how did you get into wildlife and the environment? 
it's it's always been it's always been sort of like a love of mine. Like I've always sort of habited that world. I, I think back like to uh, my younger days, like my my brother and I would like kind of go. What's his name, if I can ask? Uh his name was Husky. Husky. Uh, he's Husky he's, he's gone now. Uh, oh, I'm but sorry. I'm so his sorry. Name, no, his name was Husky, and he was a husky man. And uh, he and husky I. Man? Well, his name was Husky and he was a man. <laughs> right. I don't know why that's funny. But uh, anyway, moving on, he and I would sort of tramp through the... through. We, we grew up in a, in a country environment and he and yeah. I would sort of tramp through the backwoods, the hills and dales of our childhood and uh, we'd sort of seek out things like uh, iguanas and turtles and that sort of thing. So I think what ultimately got me into it was we were sort of hiking through the wilderness and uh, we found a dead guy. Oh, okay. And that discovery of a human corpse is, well, is ultimately what... Nature's just a beautiful thing. Uh, it's, it's, you can see sort of the cycle of life and, and just the beautiful uh, way in which the ecosystems sort of interact with each other and sort of have a feedback loop within themselves. Sure, how old and, were you around this time, Dingo? I, I'd say I was uh, four, five. Oh, that's, that, I mean, this is a very disturbing thing for a young child like that to see. No, not at all. It's uh, you know, it's just, it's just a part of life. You know, you out and you see the 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 birds and the bees, as it were, and the turtles and frogs, uh, the fish and the snakes. Well, maybe it's good that you had a, I suppose, a mature enough mindset then to accept it as a part of nature, um, because I think many children would be scarred by an event like that. No, certainly, certainly. You know, I I I do think that my particular environment in which I was brought up prepared me uniquely for that sort of experience. What do you I mean would uniquely? Say, you know, just growing up around, you know, cats and dogs and like, yeah, it was sort of a farm, very ah, idyllic so animals sort of culture. Die before. Yeah, yeah. And then so you see you see a man, you know, in his mid forties, sort of dead in the woods. Specific. And it takes a certain <laughs> type of person for him and his brother to come across this like uh, scene in the woods that, that other people might find disturbing and then sort of get past it and to go from there to become a wildlife expert simply by taking a bite out of the dead man. Whoa. oh. Dingo, that's yes. your your brother encouraged you to. Well, I mean, he did it first, but like, I, and before we got there, we 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 scared off. I need to backtrack a little bit. My my Christian name is not Dingo. My brother's Christian name is not Husky. What happened was we we stumbled. Your Christian across... surnames are both fucker. That is correct. Sure. We stumbled across the scene and saw a wild dingo and a semi-domesticated feral husky were feeding off this dead body. My, myself being four years old, my brother being five and a half years old, scared off these canines that were feeding on this dead body. <laughs> You're lucky that it turned out that way. <laughs> well, young children can be very frightening. I don't know it's if true. you've ever met one. They are terrifying. Mm. So we brought, we, my brother and I dragged this body back to our parents' ranch. Uh, so my brother and I, we earned the nicknames Dingo and Husky. So we, we dragged this body back. My mom cooked it up into a stew. 
we had a nice time. But yeah, so here I am, just a uh, internationally renowned uh, wildlife expert. I mean, it's good. It's good. I, I, I'm sorry to get off so, track a little. I'm bit so there, glad but... you. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad. I'm just glad you are able to have such a positive outlook on life and such a healthy sort of attitude, considering what sounds like it was not a good environment to grow up in. What's what? What do you mean? Well, I mean, it sounds... I don't know. I don't know a delicate way to put this. It sounds like your family were cannibals. Well, we've found meat. We're going to eat the meat. Well, sure, but most people wouldn't do that with human meat. Most people have too much money on their hands. (laughs) That's my opinion. I mean, you've got meat on the table. I can eat it. I mean, it's medically not a good idea to eat human flesh, from what I know. Look, I'm here right now holding a large piece of wood. You indeed it, are. Do you think that I would be able to hold this large piece of wood if I was somehow unhealthy? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, sir, but your point is like not very valid in, in the point of that's the... What, I mean, bingo, that's a real gotcha question. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Next question. Let's talk about some of the How- animals you've encountered. Of course. Just, I suppose, some of the more exotic animals you've come into contact with. A lot of people don't know this, but there are a lot of animals in the world. I mean, when you really come down to it, there are sort of like four main types, right? Okay. So there's like furry, there's sort of like slimy and icky, uh, the ones that fly, sure. and there's the ones that swim. Those the four. So which 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 most interests you is my question. Let's start with the ones that swim. Sure. So you've got fish. You've got uh, salamanders in their larval phase. Birds, some of the birds. There's people sometimes. People sometimes. Uh, hippopotamuses. And that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, Dinko, I'm, I'm looking here for specific encounters. Oh, sure. So one time, let's see, I was at a resort in uh, Bora Bora, and I was pedaling through the water, you know, sort of of my own accord, had my had my goggles on, searching for other swimming animals. Anyway, I saw what looked like a human woman also paddling through the water, and I could see her breasts. Okay. So that, that might be my favorite type of swimming animal. Is that a story? Oh, there yes. That's the... Uh, it's, uh, here's another one. I'm looking for more uh, wildlife stories oh. rather than you just haven't seen a woman's boobs. <laughs> well, uh, so here's another one. I was paddling up the Amazon um, with uh, with my brother, who's uh, now deceased. Um, uh, we're, we're in a... We're in a, a How long ago uh, did Husky die, if I may ask? It's a little too soon to talk about, actually. Oh, so it was very recently. Let, let's just move on. Is it part of this um, story? It is and it isn't. We're okay. in inner tubes, uh, floating, floating down the Amazon. Okay. And come out, come out, take a, take a, take a quick production break. The, you know, change film and dry off the batteries and all that. This was and, being filmed. Oh yes, I'm, I'm an internationally renowned wildlife expert. I don't <laughs> you know hadn't what... mentioned that it was being filmed before. This. Oh, certainly. But yeah, we were, This is this is for a, a television network. And I came out of the water, and I found a water animal attached to my body on my dick area. And it was uh, it was a water animal sucking my dick. It was a leech. Uh, no, it was a woman with her breasts exposed. <laughs> For fuck's sake, dick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
thing where you emerged from the water and a woman was sucking your dick. Look, in a tube is a strange means of conveyance. There's like a lot of sensations involved. <laughs> sure. This is just sort of the life that, like, an international wildlife expert comes to expect. Okay, Dingo, have you ever encountered a very dangerous animal? Have you ever had a dangerous run-in with an animal? It's a great question. I was in Mozambique, sort of wandering across the plains uh, with my brother, behind a stand of trees, sort of emerged, and saw that we were in the middle of this massive herd of water buffalo. And oh, wow. I don't know if you know anything about water buffalo, but they are extremely ornery. If you find yourself in the middle of a herd of water buffalo, my only advice is to just be careful because they're very dangerous. But sort of a blessing from being from where I'm from, I have an app on my phone that's able to call in, designate my location to sort of my support team. And we were able to have like a number of Apache gunships come in and sort of obliterate the, the herd of water buffalo. And then that's when I realized that actually man is the most dangerous animal wow. um, because we have like Apache gunships that can yeah. shoot all the water buffalo. Well, a water buffalo can't pilot an Apache. That we know of. I mean, how many times if we gave them access to it? Maybe it's a good it, thing how, you how did that because maybe they can and maybe they would if they had the chance. So, so sorry to to like really put the coda on on this particular story. Coda, by the way, is 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 Latin for tail. I'm a wildlife expert. So we we return husky and I return to our our resort and. Mm-hmm. Um, I retained the services of a woman of the night, oh. and she, uh, having performed her duties, yep. um, I fell asleep, and I was <laughs> this dis- is part of the story. Dispossessed. I was dispossessed of m- most of my possessions, only further proving that man is the most dangerous <laughs> okay. animal. The next morning, oh there's God, a small okay. camp, so I was able to discover her where she was sleeping, yeah. where I killed her and took Whoa. back my possessions, only to prove that man is the most dangerous animal. Dingo! <laughs> Please tell me that's not true. Well, can't prove it. For my own sake, I'm going to have to assume that you're exaggerating that story and didn't really kill a woman. Wildlife experts don't really exaggerate their stories. Okay. This is... It's a pretty scientific community, but I will say it was a man. Folks, I think it's time to introduce my next guest. Uh, Dingo, are you going to stick around for this? Sure. As long as there's no water buffalo charging through my camp and leading to an unfortunate series of events, then uh, I don't see why not. I I don't think we're likely to suffer that here. Uh, Well, Stuart Glasby is an internationally famous painter and artist... Uh, we're very lucky to have him. Sorry. Not a great first impression, Dingo. Stuart, welcome to the studio. I'm sorry about that. Sorry? Yes, that's what I am. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, hello? Yep, hi, Stuart. Welcome uh, Welcome to Now We're Talking. Hello. Thanks for having me on the air, Josh. <laughs> I mean, we're not technically on the air because it's a podcast, then, not a radio show. So. I'm glad. I'm always glad to be on the radio interviews. Well, uh, hopefully, you'll be glad to be on this, which is a different thing as well. Yeah, my wife loves to listen to me when I'm on the radio. Do you do a lot of radio interviews? Yes. Oh, well, you, you should be quite comfortable at home here. I love this radio station. Thank you. Um, I'll just introduce you quickly. This is uh, Dingo Fucker. Uh, Dingo Fucker. That's right. Yes, sir. 
Hello, Dingo. Nice to meet you. My pleasure to make your acquaintance, sir. Oh, what kind of voice is that? Are you, uh, are you from the outback? <laughs> you know? Well, actually, I'm from Dayton, Ohio, but uh, I just talk like this. That's pretty cool. I'm a, I'm a Midwestern man myself. I, I just got to say, I mean, before we get started, I've got to say I'm a, I'm a big fan of your work, uh, all of your, uh, you know, stuff that you put on paper and paintings. <laughs> you and sound like a big fan, Dingo. I'm a lover. I'm a lover of your, of, your, of your output. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's always nice to hear from my fans about my it's, art. It's, it's a pleasure to be on the, on the radio with you. Well, well speaking, you. speaking of that work, Stuart, why don't you tell us a little bit about your art? Okay, well, um, let's see. I've got a painting right here with me. Oh, wow. Uh, if you guys would want to take a look at it here. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's beautiful. I mean, unfortunately, since yeah. this is an audio podcast, and that's not... Yeah, so all the, audi- all the audience can pay attention and just look at the picture for a moment, and I'll, I'll tell you what's, what, I, what I've got going on Oh, here. my goodness, my goodness. Okay, oh, so you, you I've got... De- okay, you can describe it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, well, it's right. You could see it right here, but I'm gonna tell you what went into it. This this painting, this is one of my favorite paintings I've ever done. You see this this river walk here. It's sort of a park scenario, mm-hmm. and it got all these guys wearing hats. With they, some of them got canes, mm-hmm. and there's some children. They're also wearing hats. And there's mm-hmm. little dogs running around, and the yeah. trees. Oh, the trees, they're so beautiful. But now, really the focus of the painting is the, the lady in the front. She's got, a, she's got a real fat ass, and she's got a pet monkey. <laughs> the two and, things uh, every lady wants. That's what everybody wants, if you ask me. Listen, disregard this, but what's important about the painting is the whole thing I'll disregard is painted, this. It's pa- it's pa- the, pa- the painting is painted with just little dots. It's all just small little dots. Oh, I see. Isn't, isn't that called pointillism? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry, that, I'd like to take a step back right here really quickly and just ask you about the monkey like a little bit. What was your sort of motivation when painting it? How, how did you really capture its essence? You know, I just really like monkeys. Because it's a it's a beautiful monkey. I, I I like monkeys too. Monkeys actually have like a like a strong resemblance to humans. I don't know if this is. I've noticed that. Yeah. Like monkey uh, breasts specifically actually have like a large. Dingo, come on. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, a pointillism. Yeah, it's like sort of a great. It's a great style, Thank and it, it it's meant to convey. Uh, sorry. Why don't you go ahead? You're you're the subject. Yeah, no, Dingo. I... No, Dingo. <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't mind you telling us. What pointillism is meant to convey? The point of the monkey's breast? <laughs> I'm confused as to what the subject is here now. Stuart, Dingo, can... Dingo, can you please explain? Well, when you're talking about any sort of painting, in, in whether it be pointillistic or impressionistic or what have you, if it includes breasts, the breasts are going to be the focus. And that's, that's, sort of, that's sort of where I'm coming from as a, a student of uh, anthropology and, and, and biology in general. What I think that pointillism conveys in this particular case is that you can take small data points of the world and, and sort of pluck them out and, and place them into an artistic representation. However... When you're, when you're dealing with the final product, you're talking about tits. 
purpose, Drew? Is that your intention? Well, the focus of this painting for me was the monkey. And what about the monkey? The monkey doesn't have any tits on it. Uh, Are you sure? Well, very one very small tit, but ah, that's just that's it though. The ah, it's it's about the lady and the monkey. Exactly as I thought. Stuart, why don't you tell us some more about the painting? The same painting with the monkey. I mean, if you have more paintings, you can tell us about those. Oh, I've got a lot. I've got a lot of paintings. Well, great. Okay. Um, this is one of my first paintings. It's like a set. It's a let's see. It's a a sad old man, and he's kind of crunched over. You know, like a like a broken granola bar, and uh, the whole thing is blue. The whole painting is mostly. Blue, except for his guitar. He's playing a guitar, like Rick James does. I mean, I really think the, the I mean, it's very beautiful, but the the visual power of the art is sort of lost on the audio format. Well, if you could look, if you could look at it right here, I have it right here. Oh, I I can and see it, Stuart. It's wonderful, but I'm mean, I just thinking about the listeners. Anyway, this is an this is what this is an earlier painting I did. A long time ago, when I was going through a couple of phases in my life, so I painted some more sad pictures. And I actually painted this one photo. Uh, it's kind of a self-portrait. I cut off my ear with a pair of scissors. Wow. The whole was Van a Gogh dark... type thing? Who? Uh, a Vincent Van Gogh, famous Vincent? painter, who, who cut his ear off. I only know one Vincent, and he owes me money. I don't think it's the same one. You never know. That one's cut a kangaroo's ear off. Did you eat it? No. Uh, he owed me money, too. How does a kangaroo owe you money, Dingo? I like you, Dingo. <laughs> Based on the fact that a kangaroo owed him money. And he took his ear off. I respect that. I don't, I'm don't. i not trying to put people's business in the streets, but you lose a bet, you lose a bet. That's just how it works. That's what I'm talking about. What bet did you make with a kangaroo? Who could run faster. Who could run faster? And and the winner was you. No, it was another kangaroo. <laughs> okay. Look, I thought we were talking about art here. I'd say there is an art when it comes to cutting off someone's ear. I have you. I mean, you have personal experience in that. Yeah, I cut my ear off. For for, for what reason exactly? It was a dark time. It was. It was it the shadow zone. The shadow zone. That's the name of my next painting, actually. Wow. But uh, let me. Let me ask you seriously, like something. How do you know? How do you know about the shadow zone? I don't really know that the shadow zone is real. I woke up real sweaty one day, about four in the morning. Oh my god! And I had to be at work the next day. I'm an accountant, by the way, on the side. It's you know got to make some income when I haven't made art in a while, and you know it's, it's got you know I got to pay the rent. I got to pay for paints, sure. all the paints that I use. Course. Anyway, I woke up and I was so sweaty. Oh my god! Yep. My bed was just soaking wet. I had to throw my sheets in the dryer. I didn't wash them though. I didn't want to use any detergent because I just washed them two days before. But so far, it doesn't sound oh. that much like the shadow zone. The dig good describe. Well, actually, well, be surprised. Okay. No, I, I woke up. Oh my god! I was so sweaty. I couldn't stop thinking about what I saw, what I saw in my mind when I was sleeping. A dream. And you know, sometimes, sometimes they say, a what? 
<laughs> Please go on. I'm all ears. Sometimes they say uh, don't eat so- certain types of cheeses before you go to bed. Don't eat oatmeal before you go to bed. It'll make Dark you have people before great. you go to bed. It's true. I didn't really know. And uh, I woke up. Oh, God, I was so sweaty. In this dream, I, there was this guy. And he said, welcome to the shadow zone. And I walked in this, like, building. It had big neon lights on it. There was lots of guys. There was skee-ball, uh, the game where you shoot the, shoot the basketballs. Like the little uh, claw game to pick up, you know, you put in two quarters and you pick up a stuffed animal, maybe. Sure, sure. Dingo, does this at all resemble the shadow zone you've experienced? Let me ask you, like, what, what did the fella look like? He's wearing a big old trench coat. Is he a, a, a tall man, short man? Uh, He's very, very tall. Okay. Um, but he could have been a bunch of short guys in a trench coat. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you're here in the studio with me. Does he look like me, uh, except older, cooler, and also dead? Yeah, but he also had really big feet. I'm my, I'm, I'm Dingo, a fi- Dingo, are I'm, you saying that your deceased brother Husky may have appeared in Stuart's dream. I don't have any evidence to support that, but it seems very likely. Based I'm, on I'm no a evidence. Tall, uh, my brother is a tall man, um, but he's got sort of bouts for feet. He's dead and, and has been in, and has been uh, appearing in my dreams in front of a in front of a shadow cafe, uh, sort of a shadow diner situation for the last. With coffee, the shadow zone seems to be much more fleshed out than it originally seemed to be. The shadow realm. I mean, the 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 the, the, the memories of it come to you as they do without warning and without. I mean, originally, the uh, shadow zone was described as. <laughs> Just being able to see animals where their heads and uh, arses switched. And now the Shadow Zone has ca- it's like catering services. Well, it's sort of like if you, when, when, <laughs> when you talk about dreams, they sort of come back to you as they, as they do at their own pace. It's, it's, not, it's not something you can control. I, I see sort of a man in, a, in, a, in like a tank top, like Henley situation, like a low cut tank top. Ooh. Who's in a tank top? I'm not sure. I think that may be you. (laughs) You know, I painted a picture of the Shadow Zone. Oh, please, Stuart. Can we see? Yeah, here, let me show you. It's, uh... Oh, my God. uh, It's all black in the background. It's this guy, and he's kind of eating... Disturbing. Eating his child's head off, yeah. That's Um, the Shadow Zone, if I've ever seen it. And they're both naked. Classic and, Shadow Zone. Yeah, classic. They're all, everyone's naked usually. From what I know, I don't know. It was just a dream. A sweaty, sweaty dream for me. I was there. In my dreams? Uh, you dingo fucker? No, I've not been. Entered not my been mind? I've not been in your dreams. I'm, uh, I, I'm not some sort of metaphysical presence. I'll call the cops. I, I'll call on. the cops on you. Hold on, hold on. Let's I'm a world-renowned artist, okay? Let's I don't need some second. Australian fuckbag in my fucking mind. Excuse me, I never said Martha. that I was in your dreams. You hear this? And I never said that I was in... I never said that I was Australian. My wife is calling the, my wife What is I did say it was that I was there, and what I meant to say was that I was, I was watching <laughs> you sleep, and I was just making sure that you were okay. You were just watching me sleep? Sure. That's it? Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, Stuart, do you remember? I actually sent Stuart a piece of mail. Uh, Stuart, do you recall receiving your uh, a message from me? Dingo fucker! Do you remember receiving uh, a kangaroo ear in the mail? A kangaroo ear? It was in a sort of a, an ice package. Um, okay, well, I don't know. Just, just standard them. ice package. Hey, I ha- I have all my letters right here. I'll look through them. Listeners, it's come to that part of the show where one of our guests looks through their mail. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you see this? Everybody who's watching, please look at this ear that this dedicated fan sent to me. After knowing that I chopped off my own ear. Actually, looking at that now, uh, that is actually not a kangaroo ear. Like, having it like a closer look at it. I don't see in your pile there an actual kangaroo ear. It seems as though somebody else has sent you some other type of ear, and I wish you luck reattaching it, and I'm sorry that mine got lost in the mail. Well, who... How many <laughs> people is... How many people I've never had a guest I've here? trusted less than you. <laughs> it's a great pleasure to be here, Josh. As a wildlife expert, can you tell me what type of ear this is? It appears to be an ear of corn. <laughs> corn? Yeah, but are you talking about a classic scenario of uh, a reconstituted or pre-constituted bucket of movie popcorn? Hang on. It's popcorn refashioned into an ear of corn. That seems to be the case. I can't hear out of it. You just got to get a little glue in there. And uh, uh, what I'd like to know a little bit more about is the next painting you have on, on, on tap for us. I think we've got time for one more painting, Stuart. So I took my brush, right? And boy, oh boy, was I feeling crazy this day. It's a bunch of soup cans, but each one is a different color. Oh my god. Campbell's soup. Dinka really likes this one. Bunch of Campbell's soup. It's different colors. Really had a lot of fun with this one. This is like uh, if you see if you see birds in nature and they sort of look the same and then but they're sort of different colors and then you and then you put paintings of them all next to each other. Like what that looks. This is like. sort of like the same thing, but with, with this is no, it's not the same else. thing because because art. Really, really, what I was trying to get off, uh, what my point of this is, is uh, there's more than one kind of soup. That's the point you're making with this piece. Yeah, you know, it's not like chicken noodle soup. That's not the only one. It's there's not the be all and end all. There's yeah, there's at least six more kinds of soup. Well, Stuart, I want to thank you so much for bringing your art in today. I'm sorry that the listeners couldn't see them. They were they saw them. It's on the audio live. No, Stuart, they they couldn't see anything. Google, it's on Google. Hello, <laughs> hello, Stuart. Hello, we're all hello. here. Yeah, we're all hello. here. Hello, Dingo. Dingo here. It is really really nice meeting you, Dingo. I hope to see you in your dreams very soon. Listen. I wanted to ask you, is there any way you could uh, mail me some um, armadillo meat? My uncle, I used I used to receive packages from my uncle. He would take a cardboard box and line it with um, styrofoam, ice packs in there, and put some pizza, some frozen pizzas from my favorite pizza shop, and he'd mail them to me. So if you could do the same thing. If you happen to catch any armadillos in your travels, I would simply love it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Gotta tell you that your uncle's like kind of full of shit. Um, styrofoam, ice packs, and frozen pizza 
are really bad for the environment. And what I what I want to, if you really want to get, well, hang on, just because it was bad for the environment doesn't make it uncle a liar. Please, Josh, I know things about this uncle that you don't. So hello, hello. <laughs> you got to you got to get your meat, local meat. What you got to do is wait till I'm down in say Texas, Oklahoma, something like that. I, you just give me a call. I'll run over something for you, bring it right up. Hang on. You said it it comes with the ears. The ears are not included. I need the ears for my own purposes. Send me one ear. Okay, we can talk about that off the air. Okay. Dingo, thank you. For, it yeah. was very, it was very interesting to meet you. It's it's been a distinct pleasure. I have such a great time being on your show, uh, Stuart. You know, obviously big fan. Um, and Josh, you're dead. What? <laughs> We're, uh, uh, Stuart and I are going to eat you. Dingo, at, how at am I going to have you back on the show if I don't have a show? Why would you have me back on the show? I ruined your fucking podcast. <laughs> That's a very eating interesting a, question. Eating a man is art. Could not agree more. <laughs> I could agree more. Dingo, I think we've got something going on here. I cannot wait to collab on our next project. Eh? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Now We're Talking. My wonderful guests were Trevor Moore and Carl Bergholtz. The listener was you. I was me, and uh, this is the end of the episode. I know. Mm, Alright, bye.